Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time to shoot the flames. We're doing stuff a little different this week because as you may have seen, last week we released our hot takes in one giant hot takes episode where we discussed everything that we had been watching over the course of some of May and most of June. And that was quite a lot. So it's its own episode. And we're thinking about doing that from here on out. So let us know what you thought of that. And uh, in this episode, we're going to continue to concentrate on your comments and questions as well as new trailers and horror news. That's right. And maybe some surprises along the way for this episode. So Chris, how have you been doing? you know stuck in my own little purgatory like most people my exile (laughs) here in texas we're like free to roam (laughs) oh yeah i've heard that and uh, i've also seen your uh your covid numbers going through the roof (laughs) that's right yeah we are um just like infested with the plague right now (laughs) i think it's you in florida i think you guys are just like championing those uh statistics right now i did read today that the governors of new york connecticut and new jersey like they made a whole like quarantine list when you fly into their states and texas was one of them so i'm like great like we've been quarantined now back when we used to have our own quarantine list yeah i'm hoping that usually massachusetts is partnered with them and i'm hoping that you know by the time my boyfriend hops on a plane to go over here for our vacation coming up in July, in mid-July, I should say, that, um, you know, he'll be allowed on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Scary times, I know. Mostly, I have just been, like, watching the news like everybody else, and um, I'm just, like, like, both, like, terrified and angry of, like, the state of our world and our country. I don't know, 2020 is a special beast, (laughs) so... Is there anything specific you want to bring up? I mean, like mostly like the the protests that started over you know George George Floyd and like Breonna Taylor. I like there was one day early in June when I just could not take it anymore. I sat down after work. I was reading the news, and you know there were protests going on, and I think like some some riots had just started, and I just felt the need to like do something you know and i'm like i'm not gonna go protest you know because i i i don't like to walk you know and it's like (laughs) i know it sounds terrible you know and and like i know that sometimes these things get dangerous you know and and i i don't want to be arrested and i i don't want someone to fucking fire a rubber bullet at me either you know and all i all i can really do at that moment is sort of like throw money at it and that's like what i did Mm -hmm. you know but I don't know. I just felt like I, I needed to do something just because of like all this, like, like systemic racism and police violence is really like just starting to be more than noticeable. And I'm so glad that people are out there like making their voices heard and things like that. It's a little difficult too, because you're kind of in a, an all lives matter and blue lives matter state, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, Texas is really like that, you know, and I, and I have like, I have family members who have been police officers and so on and so forth. Right. And so I just, it's hard because if you like speak your mind too loudly here, like people at your job or things like that, will will call you on it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm getting to the point to where I just don't really give a shit what people think. Like I'm going to speak my mind anyway. Right. And I don't know. I've just heard way too much on, on both sides. It's really starting to be terrible. See at my job. Well, I just like, what are you doing after work? Oh, I'm going to go like wrap a noose around uh, uh, Christopher Columbus statues head. And we're all going to like take it down. Want to come with, you know, it's basically a company 
<laughs> a company organized event at this point. <laughs> no, like at uh, at my job, we we raised like tens of thousands of dollars, and we directly gave to Black Lives Matter um, and a number of other uh, organizations that Mm -hmm. we voted upon and, uh, they, I gave myself $200 and they, my company promised to double, but they ended up tripling. Wow. Oh my gosh. For every donation, for every dollar they gave, you know, three. Right. And so I ended up giving because of my donation, $600, you know, to black lives matter. So that was really, I really wish that my company would do something like that, you know, but I mean, they've stayed relatively quiet about these things. But yeah, I mean, like I, I donated some money, you know, sort of in the name of the podcast too. And I was just, you know, I posted something on social media saying like, we, you know, squarely do not agree with racism or bigotry of any kind. I think that we've said that on the podcast before. I mean, like we, yeah. like people who are racist or sexist or, you know, any of those, like we just can't, like we're, we live in a country, we live in a world where everyone is different and we should celebrate our differences and not kill them for them. And I mean, I've been arrested more than once, more than twice actually. And Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that I was not treated in a way that most black people are treated when they get arrested for the same offenses that I was arrested for. And I, I mean, it's painfully obvious and I mean, I don't know. We need to start having more conversations with people about that sort of thing because people don't seem to understand privilege. They think that when you call them privileged, that they've had some sort of easy, wonderful, cushiony life. And that's not necessarily the case. You can have a hard life and bad things happen to you, but it just means that the color of your skin wasn't one of the things causing them, you know? Well, and I have seen family members post things on Facebook using white privilege in the opposite effect, saying, oh my like, God. Well, I, ha- I have not been privileged. The people that, you know, are saying this are wrong. Like white privilege doesn't exist. And I'm like, no, I mean, you're absolutely wrong with that. You have been privileged. You may not be rich or powerful, but you've lived a life that is far easier for you to live than people of color. And I really wish that, you know, at least like some friends and family would recognize that sort of thing. It's so hard to articulate, but I, I, I really wonder like if I wasn't gay, that if I wouldn't, you know, be the same way as I am now, because I have this little tiny inkling of looking through the keyhole of what not having privilege is like in certain aspects, right? You know, the fact that, you know, back in the day and even some places now, obviously, you know, just like, Hey, talking about the the fact that you have a boyfriend or have a husband, you know, or this or that, or having to hide and be in the closet and everything else is a million little things that can come up that you don't have to stress out about every day, you know, just from being gay, you're going to thrown rocks out or thrown water on, or, you know, called, you know, fucking slurs out the window, mm-hmm. you know, but these are things that almost every single, I would venture to say every black person in America knows about and has to stress out about, talk to their children about every fucking day, you know, and that's something that white people just don't understand because they haven't lived it. They don't have the fear, the constant fear or pressure or stress of having to deal with systemic racism, not just with the police, but just having a black sounding name on a fucking job application. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's insane. Right. And so we have to have some level of social engineering to respond to this because it is proven at all levels of society, that there is systemic racism and people need to accept it and grow the fuck up and deal with it. Or this is never, ever going to go away. 
And it shouldn't go away until we address it and solve a lot of the issues that we are witnessing today. And you are absolutely right. I think that the system is broken when it comes to the way that we are policed, right? And we need to have some overhaul of those things, you know, obviously. And I mean, I think that our criminal justice system as a whole is kind of broken. I think that we're looking at very antiquated ways of like doing things and it's time, time to change. It's time for us to talk about it. I think that our country is due for a huge change. One of the things that made me smile the most during all these is that uh, for Los Angeles, when they were supposed to have their pride weekend, they still had a parade quote unquote, but it was a March for black lives matter. It had nothing to do with like gays, but the gay people got together to further this cause. And I was like, this is what diversity looks like. You know, we are all in this together. Everyone has their differences and we celebrate them and we, you know, champion a cause and get things to change. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like pride has always been, in my opinion, a protest, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from Stonewall on, yeah, I think that like a lot of pride has been commercialized and we go to pride parades and most of it's about floats like and drinking and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like at its core, we are there to celebrate who we are as people, right? Mm-hmm. And to get others to like to notice us. And I, I, I'm glad that the gay communities, you know, in these places did these things. For Black Lives Matter. And um, I, I got to see a lot of people that, that we know, listeners and other podcasters doing things like Allie from the Everyone's Dead podcast, like devoted like 75% of her Etsy shop to Black Lives Matter causes. And she would let you choose where where the money was donated to. And so I, I went and bought something and I was like, you know, you choose, you send the money, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Erica, one of our patrons has a candle shop with Cabot and she was doing the same thing, you know? And I mean, like people are doing whatever they can to help this cause. And I, I'm really, it makes me smile. It makes my heart smile when i see people out there like fighting for change and but at the same time i get so angry when i see the people on the opposite side you know it just Mm -hmm. reminds me of how divided our country is about everything you know well it's been a powder keg you know about to explode anyway you know as it should be because like you know a lot of the people on the right or any side really are complaining about like protests and everything else. And it's like, okay, but you know, peaceful protest has been tried. You know, what would you prefer them kneel on the ground and be completely silent? Well, you didn't like that either. Yeah. You know, so fuck you. We're going to try and do something different until there's fucking some change. You know, I love some of the change I'm seeing. I like a lot of like the defund the police stuff, which people also don't understand. We need like a better adjective or something. Really? You know, yeah. so like in Massachusetts, uh, we see like in Boston, $200,000 went to like the militarization, like weapons from, you know, military weapons going to and equipment going to the police force. And so all of that money is basically being given to, you know, black and brown neighborhoods and programs now and social engineering projects and my city of Somerville declared racism a public health emergency and has mm-hmm. uh you know put the police prioritization of funding below that of social programs great boston is now doing the same thing you know and and this conversation is happening in many 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 cities across the country and it would not have happened you know if these protests hadn't happened and so, and there's legislation going through Congress right now. There's all this stuff. So, you know, when I see posts like, you know, all that you've succeeded at is like canceling rice and syrup or something, it's like, fuck yeah. you. Ugh. You haven't been watching the news, you ignorant fuck. <laughs> really? I got so mad when I saw that meme. Like, 
Way to go, liberals. All you've succeeded at is canceling like a syrup and a rice and like all these things. And I was just like, what in the hell? I was just like, who cares about the fucking syrup? I mean, like, stop. Like, you're mad about the wrong thing. And it just really pisses me off. Not to mention our president is not helping things by calling people thugs left and right. Oh, and the the Kung flu and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, like, he is a racist. And I'm not going to lie. Like, whenever he had his big rally in Tulsa, like, last weekend at the time of this recording, uh, my husband and I were hanging out with my uncle and his husband in their new, like, really rural house they bought to retire in. And we took so much joy in the fact that his, like, rally was not going the way he planned, right? We were watching all that shit in real time. And, I mean, like, it just felt like a huge sense of comeuppance, you know? And I just... I don't know. It's just like, again, in 2020, you have to like grab onto the things that make you happy <laughs> and him having a rally that wasn't like filled to the rafters where he could say, Oh, it was the biggest one ever. I'm like, they were dismantling a stage because no one showed up. I'm like, this is like just what I live for. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Make him feel bad. It's well, it's terrible. It's also like beyond him. And, apparently every other racist in the country that they're racist racists don't think they're racist most privileged people don't think they're privileged yeah racists don't think they're racist racists think you have to say the n-word or lynch people to be racist they really no. need to raise their bar of decency because apparently it's very very low yeah no i i completely agree i just don't because i i've heard some people say some things like and you always know when someone says you know this is going to sound racist or I'm not a racist. And they follow up with their comment. Their racist I mean, like, comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Even I have like watched movies and things in the past that have been incredibly racist and like not, not called them out on that. I think a good example is our conversation on psycho beach party. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, everybody, I, and I would never consider myself to be a racist person, but obviously like everyone has an opportunity to educate yourself about what's going on, about someone else and what they may feel like in their everyday life. And I think we need to stop and pay yeah. attention to that as much as possible. And taking, you know, taking for granted a lot of the things that people think are normal or have been normalized. You know, racism has been so systemic that it's been normalized a lot of the time. Sexism normalized we we saw that with you know hashtag me too and a lot of the mm-hmm. questions like interviewers for women are still you know dealing with or dealing with their bosses and co-workers you know um people are are taken for granted the normalization of homophobia and again racism and you know things like circumcision you know yeah. like of course we're not ready to talk about that one but there's a lot of things that we just need to take a really close look at to see if is this deserved to be normal why are we this way why do we think this way why is this okay with us you know and it doesn't have to be And we also need to remember that statues are just art, (laughs) really. I mean, an art that's created at a specific time and is not always like the best thing to put up in a city. I don't, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about statues being pulled down? I feel like we could be a little bit more discerning. Like there's some statues that people like, Oh, well they were alive during this time or they were on this side of this, but the statue was put up because they were like the founder of this university or this, you know, they're not depicted in that way. And that's not why they made the statue. I feel like, there's some gray area there, but like, come on, there's a, like a statue somewhere with, I think it's New York, um, you know, with like Roosevelt or someone like with a native American and like uh, a slave, you know, to his left and his right on feet while he's on a horse or whatever. And it's like, you know, rip that fucking shit down or, you know, I don't know if it's Jefferson or someone. And then, you know, there's Chris Columbus who was just 
a horrific person, you know, rip yeah. that one down. You know, a lot of the the generals of the Confederate War, it's like, why the fuck are those even up? I like a lot of the cities that a couple of years ago moved those to museums. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. Let's put them in a museum, whatever. But we're not wrecking down history. We don't have to have a statue of somebody who was a racist. We could have a statue of something else. They took all the statues of fucking Hitler down. We still know who won World War II. Every American was happy when they pulled that fucking statue of Saddam Hussein down. You know, right? I'm like, come on. Get the fuck over yourself. Damn break. Yeah. Jesus. The entire reconstruction was completely rife with inventing a, a culture around being okay with losing. And the North had to be okay with that to make peace as part of reconstruction. Yeah. Right. So all of this jacking off on yourself by putting up all these fucking statues about winning a war you actually lost, you know, and like, oh, gone with a fucking wind, you know, it's like, give me a goddamn break. Even the people you were building the statues of would not go to the fucking openings for some of them because they just thought it was wrong. They thought it was false history to begin with putting up statues of, you know, war heroes and shit. The Confederate flag literally stands for sedition against the United States. Yeah. And honoring those people that fought, I get it. But I'm sorry, but like in, in some of those circumstances where they're literally a symbol of like slavery and everything that the, the South fought for to keep, you know, it's just like, stop it. Like, you don't need that. I did see a meme today that made me laugh because it was just like the the very definition of irony is uh, telling someone to go back to the country you came from while waving a flag of a country that no longer exists while you're standing in the country that it seceded from. (laughs) I was just (laughs) like, oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, really, we have to stop. Just like, I mean, that flag should not be present. Whenever me and Rob were driving to my uncle's house in Bowie, we drove by a house that had this huge Confederate flag, like blowing in the breeze, right? And Rob was like, I can guarantee you there are no African-Americans in this town. And I was just like, and if they are, they're probably as fucking terrified as I am right now driving into it. I was just like, it's not good. Meanwhile, someone called me a faggot. (laughs) yeah that's unfortunate but it's like this whole fucking country has to deal with the fact that slavery was a thing and systemic racism is a thing because of that and for that you know and if we don't deal with it through some sort of social engineering it's going to keep popping its ugly ass head again and again and again you know so i'm glad that that things like this are happening because a lot of change is happening you know i I often hate that Trump is president. I often hate that this or that happens, but there's a lot of fire that lights in a lot of people for progress that they just don't have when they're in power. You know what I mean? I feel like if Hillary Clinton was president right now, a lot of this stuff wouldn't have happened. And all this change we're seeing like police departments and legislation and, you know, everything like that wouldn't be happening. And it really needs to. Well, yeah, I mean, there has to be a reason for revolution, right? I mean, like, nobody revolts against a government that they like, right? Well, Trump lit a fire in all these people that are racist pieces of shit, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and they're feeling very, very bold. We we know the statistics of people, you know, hate crimes and, and everything else and attacks and, and all this stuff are much more emboldened, uh, especially right after Trump was, you know, made president. We see people in, you know, khakis and white shirts with torches in the streets, yeah. you know, and, and saying <laughs> Jews will not replace us like, yeah. and <laughs> like, you know, open openly fucking Nazi people, you know, and yeah. all this stuff happening where they we they would have remained in the background, they would have remained, you know, unknown. 
you know, if if that stuff hadn't happened with like the election, you know, so a way it's, it's brought a lot of things out into the light so that we can fucking douse it, you know, and uh, in a way it, it's like a cleansing fire. So I don't know, maybe for the best. We'll see. And always remember that we can do better. You know, I mean, like we will never reach a point to where we can't improve ourselves or improve, you know, the way that we relate to other people, like always strive to do better. And that's something that I like, I try to bring into my normal everyday life. And I hope that this like starts conversations amongst people who wouldn't normally talk about things like that. And I mean, like looking forward through the rest of 2020, I mean, like we have enough time to like have these conversations before November and really like go to an election and start fresh and remember the things that we've tried to accomplish through all these protests and just move forward and change, change our country for the better. Amen. I think that we can actively say that the film flamers stand for, you know, the, the people protesting, you know, violence from the police and racism. And we firmly support Black Lives Matter in any way that we can. And we encourage you to do so as well. We know that not everyone can go out and protest, but, you know, support causes that need to be supported. And you can find plenty of information about that on the internet and you can find a way to donate and just help help make some change yeah. and let's keep horror and horror movies right that way we have more to talk about we have a vested interest in this that's right horror and horror movies <laughs> less horror in real life give us horror on the screen well with that being said we have lots of comments from some of our episodes over the last month about horror movies but first we have a review of sorts okay so uh, the Torn Prince Brightside on Instagram left a, a, like a post, a very nice post, and uh, it reads this. Lately, I've been trying to catch up on podcasts that I've fallen behind on. I've pretty much spent the night binging episodes of the film Flamers that I had missed. I really appreciate the content these guys put out. They're funny, have a variety of episode formats, list episodes, hot take episodes, deep dives, etc. They put a lot of thought into the films they discuss, and they keep it entertaining. They also usually throw in some cool behind-the-scenes info you might not know about your favorite movies. If you're into horror or horror-adjacent podcasts, go stream some episodes. Do it because I said so. That is a very lovely message. I, I love that. Yeah, it was uh, early in June when he did this, like sort of right after you and I were hanging out in person. And it really just made me smile. And we have to say thank you very much to the Torn Prince Brightside. Go follow him on Instagram. He has lots of posts about horror. He's always doing or watching something about horror movies. He's a good person to follow. This is also the person that we actually met at the uh, horror convention in Dallas, correct? That is right. Yeah. So he recognized our shirts and came over and said something to the two of us. This so, was back in what, yeah. late 2018 or early 2019? or Yeah, it was uh, May of 2019. Okay. So literally a year ago. Wow. That seems so much longer ago. I know. Like I said, 2020 is a beast <laughs> all its own, right? It seems like five years ago. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We really appreciate those kind words. And, um, you know, if you want to leave us a review, do so on any format that you can, and we will read it right here on Shooting the Flames next month. Well, we got some comments. Uh, first up from our Top 10 Vacation Horror Movies episode, the first comment coming from at the real Hal Jordan. And he said, based on a few of your choices, I'd like to make a recommendation that both of you might enjoy. 
Alexander Aja's debut film, Furia, from 1999. Kind of a sci-fi dystopia centering on two young lovers caught up in a war against an oppressive government. I have never heard of this movie before. I didn't know that his filmography went back that far. I didn't either, so I was very surprised whenever he commented this. And there is a string of comments, actually. So he also listed a YouTube video with Brian May from Queen, who actually did the score for this movie, <laughs> right? So, Oh, holy shit. Really, I know. And I listened to it. It's, it's very good. Like, and I want to like see this movie so badly, but it's just not available anywhere. Oh, really? I just added it to my list. <laughs> I know. And I love Alexandra Aja just so, so much, you know? And so I really need to see this movie. He's been looking on the internet, trying to find places. So listeners, if you know a place where we can watch Furia, let us know, please. Because I think that Chris and I would both like this movie. I am really good at Google Foo, so I shall try it myself. See what I can find. Please find it for me. Uh, the next comment from our top 10 vacation horror movies is from at battle burrito. And he says the scene you talk about in hostel was exactly what turned me off the movie. I should probably give it another shot. Yeah. And that's the torch eyeball scene, I believe. Yeah. It was the, the torching scene. And you know what? I, I commented back to him and said, you know, the movie's not for everyone, mm-hmm. you know? And like, like we've said before on this podcast, if watching a movie with that level of violence turns you off, you don't have to put yourself through it again. You know, I mean, like you, if we ever cover Hostel, you can listen to our comments and maybe that would be enough. Or if you do want to watch it again, you know, do so. But, you know, you ne- never feel like you're beholden to watch something that completely turned you off the movie. Yeah. You know, at Nicolene 75 said April Fool's Day has long been one of my random favorites of vacation horror. Happy as always to find a few new recommendations in your picks. I love April Fool's Day. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't think about it when I was making my list. I mean, maybe because I didn't think about it as from a vacation standpoint, but people do travel to a island estate, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of these weird like 80s slashers, but it's got Deborah Foreman from Waxwork in it as well. So I sort of appreciate it on that level. So um, I need to just watch that again, actually. Added it to my list. Good. Let me know what you think. Nikki, fully engineered via Patreon, said, A very fun listen. Inspired us to watch and rewatch all of the Evil Dead movies. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and the new Evil Dead from 2013. I had seen the first three years ago. I forgot how progressively absurd they got, but I do love Bruce Campbell (laughs) to my core. The recent (laughs) Evil Dead was pretty good, but I had some issues with the ending. We also watched Z on Shudder. Good premise, but the ending lost steam. So I did respond to her on Patreon, and I did say... um, you know, my God, we're jealous. We we would love to watch all of the Evil Dead movies again, but we had similar issues with the remake. Um, and I I guess I need to look up Z. Yeah, I don't think I know what Z is actually. So I would assume it's about zombies. I definitely, you know, I mean, that's what I thought. We you know when I read the comments. Maybe it's so, yeah. Bruce Campbell. Oh my God, because I also love Bruce Campbell to my core. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, I just I love the man. During quarantine, he kept posting all these pictures of himself, and he's turned into such a silver fox. And I'm like, yes, Bruce Campbell. Oof. Come out of quarantine looking all good. Yeah, I saw one of those pictures. <laughs> um, I really like the Evil Dead remake. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I do have problems with the ending, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. by and largely, I thought the movie was very good. So um, I really enjoy Nikki's comments because every time she comments something she's like well we just worked our way through the poltergeist franchise or we just worked our way through evil dead and i'm like that is serious commitment to horror and that's exactly what i love to see <laughs> keep on doing you Nikki. i love that 
Uh, she commented again on an episode, of, uh, our Shooting the Flames episode from June. And she said, oh, I watched Girl on the Third Floor. I should have taken your advice. So, I mean, if y'all recall, I talked about just how awful that movie is i mean there's like cum coming out of light sockets and things it's not good yeah so at least i have some validation from that comment and there is no stopping nikki because she continued on patreon and she said totally agree on hollywood my hubby gave me time to binge it for mother's day i loved the look and started super strong and was worth the investment overall and then I watched Penny Dreadful, so I got a double dose of Madame Lapone. And I also Ooh. responded to this on Patreon. And one of my favorite episodes ever is, um, God, I forget what it's called, but she's the cut wife in season mm-hmm. two of Penny Dreadful. It's one of my favorite episodes of TV ever of all time. And it is such a wonderful, you know, self-contained episode. It's like a small, just like a short film. It's uh, and Patty Lapone is just amazing in that in that role. I love her there. She's not glamorous at all. She is like a Yoda figure or something, and it's it's just uh, it's just a great episode with really dark, cool stuff in it. And uh, you've brought that up before on the podcast too. I mean, and you've told me, in fact, that you like view it as a short film, and I you know, I agree. But I I from this comment, I love that her Mother's Day gift was time to like binge a TV show. I mean, like that's the easiest gift to give somebody, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, at the real GL, Hal Jordan also commented on this, and he said, "As a kid, I hated She-Ra. They replaced He-Man's show and toy line for hers, and I never forgave her for it. Yep, I'm still bitter about it." <laughs> so this this is a direct comment because you had mentioned you watched the entirety of She-Ra on Netflix. Yeah, the new, right? he's talking about the '80s, though, you know. And of course, that's he still has that hang up, which is fine. But it's it's definitely worth it just to see how you know freaking queer normalized it is and it's 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 good storytelling it's good animation um way better than the original 80s series which i you know as a kid i loved so and i also loved he-man i don't recall having a a shortage of uh, he-man toys when she-ra came out but you know i had a lot of he-man toys but i was really excited when she-ra came out because i always wanted a doll and my parents wouldn't let me well my father wouldn't let me have one and so she-ra was the closest thing that i had to a doll and i was super excited about that yeah (laughs) so but my husband watched she-ra on netflix and he also enjoyed it i think it took him it took him a couple seasons to get into it but he liked it a lot and i caught some like here and there like in passing while he was watching it and it seems like something i would also enjoy so i've added it to my list for sure from our deep dive of ghost in the darkness nikki again (laughs) says it's definitely horror adjacent i'm so happy about the honorable mention of henry seeley i love val kilmer but seeley the you know shaka zulu fame deserves the extra shout out yes i mean this was during our hottest guy segment and he really is just like ripped and gorgeous (laughs) so well deserved at rl terry one says wow the fact this movie is so incredibly accurate to history is terrifying to think that there are or were man-eating lions is scary af yeah and that actually happens apparently all the time i've actually read more since then and lion attacks are fairly common right especially throughout history but the fact that they did it in pairs and the fact that they did it so successfully and the fact that basically everything they got away with and basically succeeded at in the movie is real life is very terrifying. So yeah, totally. Agreed. From our Flamers flashback episode on Dr. Strange, which is exclusively on Patreon, Nikki again commented, 
Ooh, I also love to say Chiwetel Ejiofor. It's like music. And I love Soap Dish. Classic. <laughs> that makes me happy as well. Soap Dish is just one of my favorite comedies to watch from when I was younger. So that makes me super, super happy. Mm-hmm. Also on this episode, she mentioned that she would maybe like a top 10 list of movies that I would like to watch in an altered state. So, I mean, take that as you will. But Nikki, I think if you keep your eyes on Patreon, I might have something for you to at least read or listen to about that. Mm-hmm. So we've also got a couple of questions and from our deep dive of ghosts in the darkness, uh, we got a question from the unknown patron via Patreon and they said, love the episode. Unfortunately, only opening theme is on Spotify. Do you know where the soundtrack is available? So I scoured YouTube and uh, I put those links on, uh, on Patreon. So if anyone wants that, if anyone's interested in the ghost in the darkness soundtrack, you can search YouTube and it's split into three tracks of like 30 minutes each. So, you know, <laughs> good luck. I mean, like I, we see that a lot these days. I think that um, you, you cannot find the Candyman soundtrack by Philip Glass anywhere. You only have to go listen to it in its entirety on YouTube, right? So it's like an hour plus of, of the music, and that's the only way to find it. So yeah, I found it. I downloaded it. I used it uh, for our I think top ten scores episode, and then I mm-hmm. re-uploaded it to to Google Play, which is what I've been using uh, because Spotify doesn't allow you to upload your own music yet. And so I've had it in my uh, in my playlist ever since. So I cheated. God damn, because <laughs> I still have to go to fucking YouTube. I have to like get onto your Google Music. I'll just send you the file. <laughs> Thank you. Addy Tamario asked us a question from our top 10 vacation horror movies. In his comment, he said, nice. I was surprised to find that I've watched most of these. The film that was on my mind during the episode was Wolf Creek. It's about a trio of backpackers in Australia. Horror aside, has some gorgeous cinematography. Have you seen it? That's another movie that you included on our top 10 scores, I believe. That's right. And I told him that. I was like, yes, I, I love this movie. And I really went back and forth about putting it on my vacation horror list, right? And I, I can't really think of the reasons why i didn't do it i think because like they were backpacking it didn't seem that much of a vacation but obviously it is but i do love this movie and i love the score so much and uh so go back and check out that episode of our top 10 horror scores i think it was from like january like two years ago and um i mean it's good it's featured in there have you seen it no it's it's on my list it's super violent i love the music the music is great. Yeah. It's great. So we also need to shout out our patron that is at uh film flamer tier or higher. Uh, and that is Benjamin Gonzalez. So thank you so much for continuing to be our largest patron. We appreciate it. <laughs> we have no new patrons to call out on this episode though. And we'd like to do that. So as we've mentioned in the comments that we've talked about previously, there's a lot going on on Patreon, you know, episodes and comments and lots of discussion. So head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers, check out our bonus episodes and join the community. We've started posting polls about what we should cover and give, gave access to episodes very early and get all of that for as little as two dollars so come over and join the rest of us coming soon so first trailer on our docket is Curon, which is a uh i don't even know how to pronounce it because it's italian but it's on netflix and it's a haunted town series about a haunted town go figure but it's Curon or Curon. but uh we'll put that trailer along with all the other trailers that we mentioned we'll put that link to the trailer in our show notes so check this one out it looks super creepy and interesting kind of like dark 
It kind of reminds me of that, but just a lot more horror-ish than than the than the show Dark on Netflix. Yeah, I still haven't seen Dark, but when I watched this trailer, I was just like, "Ooh, this seems really interesting." There's a lot of really weird things going on in this town, right? And like some of it has to do with religion, and just like there's so much stuff going on, and it seemed incredibly creepy. Like there's yeah. some like demon effects and like haunting effects, mm-hmm. and it's just it seems really good. Not to mention like Italian just sounds beautiful to me sometimes when I listen to it. It's like dark. Dark, but darker. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I don't know when this is coming out. I hadn't heard anything about this until you like put the, the trailer in the link. So this just actually released. Well, it certainly got my interest like peaked because I mean, Netflix is so weird about how they release trailers and release things. They never have like dates really. And so like once we see a trailer for something, we oftentimes will go back. I mean, like it's already right there on Netflix, you know? And so this is definitely something I think I'm going to check out when that person is saying like the lake awoke has has awoken or whatever. That's just not even a fucking word. (laughs) (laughs) The the lake is woke. The, The lake is woke. And there's like something trying to like break out of the ice in it. This show looks uh, amazingly creepy and folklorish, and I'm totally here for yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I'm sure. So we also saw a trailer for a movie called Unhinged, and this is going to be one of the first movies that's being released into the theater when they start to slowly open in July. And this stars Russell Crowe as an angry white man who gets caught off in traffic and starts like stalking people. God, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> For real. I was like, you know, when I first watched this trailer, I was like, the last thing I want to see right now is like an angry white man who thinks that his voice needs to be heard. And so he's going to just like start running over people and shooting people. That happened to me. Like, uh, do you remember my story about that where they followed me home? Yes. Like, and cut me off in a that's cul-de-sac? Ex- that's exactly what I thought when I was watching this trailer. I innocently and playfully flicked him off. And that's all that set him off to like literally like almost get a gun out and shoot me. Like he was going for his side and I was just like, Dude, not today. I mean, and this is ridiculous. I mean, like, I know that this is a real thing, right? Road rage is a real issue. My husband gets so angry when he drives and he will like literally do his best to piss people off. And this is what I warn him about. I'm like, please don't do that. You Ugh, never people know. People are different people when they drive. Like Matt just like brake checks cops. Like he'll just do <laughs> like, oh, you want to get off this off ramp? I'm going to brake check your ass because he's riding his bumper. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Matt, your privilege only goes so far. <laughs> Am I the only person who drives like, like an old lady? I, I mean, like, I just like, I'm always going the speed limit. I'm very courteous to other people, even to the detriment where I have to like take the next exit because I can't get over sometimes. I mean, maybe I'm just like. This is a driving without a license. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, you know what? I had a license. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't have it now if I just go to the DMV. It just has the wrong dates on it. <laughs> it's <a> misprint. <laughs> That's right. You read it wrong, officer. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Russell Crowe's actually looking. God, I don't want to body shame, but God damn, Russell. I mean, it's not like yeah. Helen Hunt and Mask or anything, but Jesus. I um, I don't know that I'm looking forward to watching this movie. I will. You're supposed to be hot, Russell Crowe. Why do you look like me now? <laughs> was he ever hot, really? Gladiator, he was pretty fucking hot. I don't know. I just oh, I still need to show you Virtuosity. You've probably never seen it. I have not seen Virtuosity. Oh, adding that to my list for just to, to, okay. things to show you. There you go. Flashback Central. Very, very horror, Jason, if not completely horror. It was back in the horror ghetto. 
when they couldn't call things horror movies. So if you guys are brave enough to venture into the theaters when they reopen in July and you go see Unhinged, we want to know what you think about it because I don't I don't think we're going to be running out to see this one, mm. right? I think this is a VOD watch for me for sure. Yeah. So, Unless it just gets um, rave no. reviews or something, you know, I'm just probably going to skip this one. Yeah, I'm not too excited about it. But I'm not going to skip our next one. And it might actually be a VOD. We don't know yet. We're waiting for, for news on release. But uh, this one's called Benny Loves You. And it's a horror comedy about a possessed stuffed animal. And it looks amazing. I'm so here for this. It's like, yes, it's like everything I wanted from Chucky, but like really hyped up and wackiness. And it's just, it just looks like it's just hard R, like demonic really good stuff that i want in a possessed stuffed animal movie so check out benny loved you trailer it's hilarious and horrifying at the same time it really is just so fucking funny <laughs> right so when you sent me the link and you're like I'm, I'm i'm totally here for this and i watched it and i was just like okay i have to say i am too i was just like it just looks like everything I want in a movie. It's like someone it's so made a, a, funny. a fucking like movie out of those like gingerbread men from Krampus or something. You know? Yes. I mean, I would watch that too, you know, but like, this is like a really murderous Elmo. It's like a murderous tickle me Elmo. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm totally well, going to watch this how the movie. trailer starts too, because uh, he gets the stuffed animal for like a present or something. And they're like, cause she was like, this will protect you from all the, like, you know, from everything, you know, it's your buddy that's going to protect you. And he's like, well, protect me from the demons in the hallway. And she's like everything, but that. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes, it's like 20 years later, that fucking stuffed animals, you know, possessed by the demons in the hallway. <laughs> and protecting him from everything. I cannot wait to watch this movie. It looks so, so good. Well, I mean, so like he had people at work who like had called him on some shit and that person at work later on died. Like he came over and like killed Ugh. it and threw that knife in that person's picture. You know, oh. I'm just like, <laughs> it's his best friend okay. who's like protecting him from yeah. things. It looks so funny and great. I can't wait to watch it. On another note, um, I read an article today that the Five Nights at Freddy's is actually like going to happen. Oh. So Blumhouse is like really pushing that forward. So okay. not quite horrid news because they have nothing to really talk about, but this reminded me of it so much. Um, so earlier in the year, we had been given a Candyman trailer that looked just excellent, right? So this is the remake of Candyman that is produced by Jordan Peele and directed by Nia DaCosta. And it just looks like a really good movie and they had to push back the release date due to COVID. And so we've been given a, a teaser trailer that sort of like shows the origins of this particular candy man. And all of it is done in this weird, shadow like puppet. silhouette shadow puppet way. And, you know, when I saw it, it's not quite a trailer, you know, it's not quite a teaser. It's kind of re- retelling the story of candy man with shadow puppets with yeah. the original, score but with atmosphere added and it's just a really cool thing to watch i mean it just made me so much more excited to see this movie when it's released in october and i love that they got the philip glass score to use so yes they may, they may t- actually use it in the movie which i love i hope so because that score is just like timelessly wonderful and beautiful but you know at the same time i've never seen Candyman, so i need to see the original oh my god Candyman is so good i i, I think it would be a really good time to watch that and like do a comparison of them because I, I really think that Nia DaCosta is going to just like really give us. <gasps> I forgot to tell you the worst thing about Harvey Weinstein. I found out you fucking just scared the shit out of me with that. <laughs> goddamn <gasp. laughs> 
<laughs> are, are you okay? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to tell you the worst thing that I found out about Harvey Weinstein. What? He was bound and determined and tried to get Nicole Kidman on his side to remove Philip Glass's score for the hours because he hated it. What? Oh, that is bullshit. Yeah, this is worst fucking crap. Not really, but I mean, come on. I mean, it's right <laughs> up there. It, it really is. <laughs> Someone's to sue his ass for that. I know there's like lawsuits flying back and forth, or actually like just forth. <laughs> but that has to be one of he them. He has no access. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. So what did Nicole Kidman say? Obviously, she like didn't. She refused. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Sorry. <laughs> It was so funny, though. Jesus Christ. Well, if anything is going to scare the shit out of you, it should be Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> For real, though. That nasty fucker. Guys, go check out this video, this Candyman teaser trailer. It is just like the most delightful thing to look at in a sense that it's the most horrific thing you will see. <laughs> so. Well, I don't know, because we haven't gotten to our final trailer, which is also about nasty sadistic white men in a way i guess and it's uh the final trailer for antebellum starring janelle monet gabourey sidibe which i didn't know was in it and jenna malone which i didn't realize was in it i did not either i was totally sold on this movie they're not in the trailer that i saw uh, yeah but i'm waiting for it but just based on this trailer this trailer gave me goosebumps and it couldn't come at a better fucking time and i just cannot wait for this movie i i i can I, I can basically feel the waves of oscar buzz coming off of like janelle monet's performance just based on this trailer i don't know maybe i'm overselling it but damn it this is amazing so go check out this final trailer for antebellum i love it i really love how this movie has like the best marketing campaign because like we really don't know what it's fucking about Really, you know, we know what it's like about, quote unquote, but we don't know anything about like the movie's plot. And that's real smart because we oftentimes in the horror community say they gave the entire movie away or we know what's going to happen. We know the ending. We know the middle. Oh, my God. You have no idea what the fuck is happening. I have my, my mind's racing at what's happening in this trailer. Right. You and know? so it's just like it's perfect. It has whetted my appetite enough to like make me want to go see it. And every trailer that I see for it is just phenomenal. And Janelle Monet looks amazing as an actress in this movie. I think that she deserved an Oscar just for her opening of last year's Oscars alone, you know? And so, well, it's reminding us, it's reminding me of get out. It's reminding me of us. It's reminding me of like Tarantino films. Like it's reminding me of some other horror movies. And those are all good things to remind me of, you know, while completely being its own thing. And very original looking. I mean, it also seems like there's some sci-fi thrown in there too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, there's just a lot. And I, I think this is probably the movie I'm most anticipating, mm-hmm. like, seeing. Yeah. You know, I think this is one that I would want to go see in a theater. And hopefully it's, like, safe enough to do so. Because this is just one of those experiences that I want to see on a big screen. I think it's going to be epically phenomenal. Well, I hope it's not just, like, picking and choosing different things and a mishmash to, like, impress us. And, and really, because it's really positioning itself to be the most important horror movie that comes out this year. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just I'm hoping that it can live up to it and it looks like it will. So here's hoping. I'm really happy to say that because over the last couple shooting the flames, we've had sort of a dearth of trailers, right? Because people didn't know what the hell COVID was doing Mm -hmm. and people were pulling their movies from like the, the schedule and we just had nothing to talk about. And here we have like these trailers and some are like hit or miss, right? But, you know, we're back in the game, sort of, and we know that horror is coming like it ever really stopped. You know, I think it was the one genre that just kept on trucking 
all the way through like quarantine and pandemic. So bring on the horror. And I also am super excited to see what kind of horror movies come out of this pandemic. I know people are going to be writing a bunch of stuff like based upon like their experiences and whatnot. And I'm just super excited to see where horror goes like from this. Horror news. So Ari Oster had an interview and he has said that his next film is going to be a four hour nightmare comedy. I can't imagine that being in the theaters and making any money. So I'm assuming that's going to be like a, a Netflix release or something like a mini series. Hopefully I can't see you, you know, staying in a four hour movie without at least, you know, three intermissions of some kind. Well, I mean, I'm a smoker for one. So yeah, I'll probably want a cigarette, but I sat through all of Midsummer without a cigarette, but I did have to go to the bathroom. I do have to pee Ari Oster. Yeah. So, I mean, until I can pause the movie. Well, Midsummer was like two hours and change, wasn't it? Yeah. And then his director's cut was much longer than that, which I still haven't seen, but I don't even know about that. I mean, however, I mean, like I, I like his movies. I'm here for it. And so like, if he's going to have a nightmare comedy, then I'm going to go see what it is. And let's not forget that he likes to like describe his movies in funny ways or weird ways. Cause he described Midsommar as an apocalyptic breakup movie, which it was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but at the time when he said that, and we had no idea what his movie was about, I so mean, maybe we're he like, means what? a comedy of nightmares. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, I think he's a, He's a really good voice in horror, and I mean, if he wants to make these like epic, like horror, horror adjacent movies, I mean, I'm here for it. I'll go see it. What else we got? So we've got the Behind the Mask writer, which I've actually never seen, and Tucker and Dale director are joining forces for Netflix's The Hills Have Eyes for You. <laughs> I know that's like the best fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> So I just saw that and I just had to put it in here because it just looks interesting and fun. (laughs) So behind the mask is really good. It's like, it's real meta, right? You know, in a way that I think that Dale and Tucker was more successful at, right? Because it's just a little bit more funny than behind the mask. But um, I mean, if they're going to make a horror comedy called The Hills Have Eyes for You, then I I don't care what it's about. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> so and this article is kind of lax on the information because probably we don't have a whole lot of information about it. But yeah. I mean, as far as titles go, it's tops. So everybody, it's official. Paramount is going to release the new David Arquette starring Scream movie from the directors of Ready or Not in 2021. I'm tentatively excited about this. <laughs> Every time that I hear something new about it, like I get more excited about it. You know, I, I think there's been a a good, a good enough gap in time between the last scream. And I think that people are starting to like really go back and watch them again, especially the original one. And, you know, like it's, it's been long enough to create nostalgia boners. And um, in this article, they talk about how it's like, you know, honoring Wes Craven's legacy, I would assume, involving the first Scream, right? So it's sort of like a return to form. But I just really enjoyed those filmmakers. You know, I I enjoy their work. I really liked Ready or Not. I liked VHS. I liked Southbound, you know? And so, I mean, like, bring it on, really. And since we only know that David Arquette is in it, and I know that, like, Nev Campbell has talked about, like, coming back, and I really think that it can be good. I just have to like put my trepidation aside and just hope for the best, like which I do for any reboot or remake, right? Or sequel for that matter. Yeah. As much as I want Nev Campbell back, like I really want them to do something new with it, you know, and you know, they, they managed to kind of walk the line with the new Halloween movie, which launched Mm -hmm. a new franchise, you know, but 
I'm hoping they can do something similar for Scream without being too nostalgic and and beholden to what's come before. So it means that I should like jerk off my nostalgia boner before I go and see this movie. So I'm like pleasantly surprised with the outcome. Is that yeah, uh, <laughs> needlessly graphic, but yeah, it's. Uh... I mean, that's just who I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my business card, Robert. Needlessly graphic. <laughs> So unfortunately, the last items on our news docket are a couple of deaths, and that is Ian Holm, you know, who we're going to actually talk about next month in our episode, sorry, this month, in our episode uh-huh. of Alien. He plays an important part in uh, in the movie Alien that we're going to cover this month, and um, he's also in Lord of the Rings and just a bunch of other movies. And uh, of course, he will be missed and already is. We also lost Joel Schumacher who, you know, has directed just a shit ton of movies, including the new Phantom of the Opera, as well as a, a number of Batman movies and uh, one of Robert's favorite movies. The Lost Boys. Yeah. So, yeah, we had some sad tidings, so I'm sorry to end the episode like this. But I mean, I like I, I'm always sad when people I respect die like Ian Holm is part of Alien, which is one of my favorite horror movies ever. And Joel Schumacher wasn't out and proud director, you know, he made many, many movies that I love aside from the lost boys. I mean, like things like phone booth that I think people sort of shit all over. And I mean, just lots and lots of movies. And I think that you should go back, take a look. He at, did have a variety, didn't he? Yeah. He was sort of, if he wanted to make a movie, he made it right. And like, take it or leave it on those Batman movies, but Batman forever to me is the best Batman movie. What? I just love it. I love it. I love Out it. Of all so, Batman so much. Movies that exists. Yes. No, 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 no. I think, I mean, I once like, Chris Nolan got into the business and sort of changed everything. Okay. But like, I, I really enjoy Batman forever. And let's not forget that Joel Schumacher gave us a bat nipple and things like that in movies. <sighs> My favorite of the the nineties is easily uh, Batman returns with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, but you know. it's also good. I have a, a very soft spot in my heart for, for Batman forever okay. and the lost boys. And I mean, just head over to IMDb and pull up Joe Schumacher and just look at the number of things that he direct, he directed and wrote. He just had his hands in every sort of genre of film. He loved film and he was, you know, a, a proud gay brother and he will be missed very greatly by me. And I'm sure that by the, the general public at large. <sighs> yeah, it does suck to like in the episode on a sad note, but I mean, that's, um, that's the end of our horror news, yeah. right? That's it. There's no way to no way to segue out of that. <laughs> there it is. Well, guys, we're so sorry to end the episode on a sad note, but you do have more to look forward to in July. Chris and I are going to be talking about some of our favorite horror movies. That's right. We're bringing Sigourney fucking Weaver back into the house to discuss Alien and Aliens. And we'll have a special top 10 episode coming for you later on this month. And based on a poll that we just released on Patreon, we asked our beloved patrons which uh, alien-centered horror movie they would uh, like us to cover for our Flamers Flash back this month and uh the choices were critters the faculty fire in the sky the fourth kind or they live and we shall be covering they live so head on over to patreon and check that out during this month it will drop so look forward to that guys we appreciate all the comments and questions and reviews if you want to interact with us on social media you can do so at the film flamers on twitter facebook instagram you can even find us on letterboxd i know that some people have already started liking some of the top 10 lists that you have so dedicatedly put on there Chris so all your hard work is coming to fruition
fruition. <laughs> like we said before, you can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to. Check us out on Patreon. How else can they contact us, Chris? They can contact us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com where they can email us or they can call us at 972-666-7733 and leave a voice message that we will play on the next Shooting the Flames and respond to. We haven't gotten one just like a review. We haven't gotten one in quite a while, so please send us one. Yeah, we like them. If you felt like something was missing from this Shooting the Flames episode, it's because our Flamers favorites or recommendations are now part of our hot takes that we released last week. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back because there are lots and lots of recommendations for you to check out or not, depending on how we liked them. Well, Robert, I think I want to go out into that good night. <laughs> gently? Gently. Go gentle yes, into that go good gen- night? I do want to go gently into that good night. <laughs> oh my God, it's poetry. It's sheer poetry and with that poetry I will certainly have some sweet Sweet dreams dreams. do not go gentle into that good night is that that what the line is I don't I feel like I studied literature so I should know this like off the top of my head but bad bad oh well I feel like I can quote Dr. Seuss better than that (laughs) what does that say about me (laughs) hmm